jasoncharles.net. Deep talk, talk, deep deep sounds. This is Body Tonic Radio with Jennifer DeLuca on jasoncharles.net. Welcome to Body Tonic Radio. I am your host, Jennifer DeLuca, and I have the great opportunity today to speak with Sid Asmi, proprietor of Please, a pleasure shop in Brooklyn, New York. Hi, how are you, Sid? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with you. So I thought about having this episode really mostly in response to having kids who are coming of age where they might be getting curious about their bodies and other people's bodies. And so when I came in, what really struck my eye was this lovely sign that you have behind your register that says masturbation equals self-care. Could you talk a little bit about that poster? Absolutely. I wish there was a better word for masturbation because now it's sort of laced with all of this associations and judgment and shame. When I think about masturbation, I think of it as an opportunity for us to get to know our bodies, our shell better. You know, oftentimes when we think about sex, it's like we're engaging with someone else, uh, but we're never, we've never really been conditioned or encouraged to kind of think about what it means for ourselves. So masturbation is an opportunity for you to get to know your anatomy to get to know your likes and your dislikes, and also to be able to set boundaries of what it is. You know, we work out, we take ourselves out to dinner, we do all of these rituals with the self, but we don't do something that has to do with our bodies, our shell. And I think it's in a really important place to start to encourage ourselves at whatever age, but also our young ones to be able to be comfortable being on our own within our bodies. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about sexual health and how it relates to overall health and well-being, physically, mentally, and spiritually. You know, being at home with your body, I I mean, I look at this more of a spiritual and a psychologically healthy experience more so than the physical one. We are not taught to sort of be at rest with ourselves, you know, and with so much of the world being externally validating, this is a place where you are sort of asked to be internally validating. And when you are exposed naked in the intimacy of, in the privacy of your own home and your own mind, which is sometimes the most dangerous place, it's kind of sets the tone for like how you look at yourself and how you want the world, how you relate to the world. And I feel like it's an important skill to be able to to do that, to be at rest with yourself and to be truly comfortable with yourself and to be able to ask these questions at your own time. When I masturbate, you know, it's not like I, I, I go home and I throw myself in my bed and I pull out my porn and I pull out my vibrator <laughs> and in two minutes I am done. I'm like completely <laughs> jerking off, wasting time. Um, I, I think of it as like my time to be to be just with Sid, you know, where I'm not answerable to anybody and I nobody's needs matters more than 
than mine. And so I make a ritual out of it. I take a nice bath. I make a cup of tea. I put on something, you know, that smells good. And, and I lie down and I'm in my own body, in my own mind. And it's sort of meditative in, in a way, but has no schema of what that looks like. And I think that's what makes it also really liberating. And it's also a place where I can allow like all of the you know, if you want to call it nasty, erotic, juicy thoughts come into mind and sort of let all of the different, you know, ideas that I have, personal thoughts, you know, just sort of come out to play. And nobody is here to judge it but yeah. me. And I can do all of these dirty things, if you want to call it dirty. Uh, I call it playful. And then I'm done and I feel really good and my body is at rest and clarbated. And I go out and I do my mothering, my business. Nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah, it's my little secret garden. Except you probably have a really nice glow. And everybody's <laughs> like, your complexion looks so great and your eyes are sparkling. <laughs> and uh, my son's like, you are so nice today. You're in such a yes. nice mood. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I really appreciate everything that you're saying. And I, what I took from all of that, too, is I heard the word freedom. You know, this idea of being liberated from your daily routines and the expectations of others. And I it sounds very freeing. For sure. And I think, you know, what's freeing about it is just you're, you're attending to just you, you know, and there's nobody's standards. There's nobody needs to be taken care of, you know, and it's a little bit better than like going for a workout, right? If you were going for an exercise, you kind of have to trudge through it. You kind of like, oh, I've got two more miles to go. I hate this. My body's aching. <laughs> Except if you're coming for Pilates, then you're like, I don't want it to end. <laughs> my body can't stretch very well. So maybe I might be the first one to say, oh my God. Um, but here it's like, you're completely at rest and it's, it, it feels good and it feels cozy. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned this word cozy with master with my son when you know at the age of four years old he and all his buddies were kind of touching their bits you know <laughs> and another mother this is I'm digressing a little bit yeah. but it's a good story and my and the, and the other mothers were just looking at them and like what the heck is going on and my friends like starting to freak out you know and I said well don't freak out let's you know just ask them what they're feeling so that evening I said to Julian like oh you know what do you feel when you touch your penis and he goes I feel cozy and I thought <laughs> Well, that's a nice <laughs> word to think about it. You know, when I touch my bits, it's like before I feel turned on, I actually feel cozy. Yeah. I feel warm and I feel, you know, comfortable. And so when you're masturbating, it doesn't have to look like this, you know, rigorous activity where, <laughs> you know, fantastic things are happening. It could just be that you are being cozy with your body. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love also what you're saying, too, about how there's no pressure when you're masturbating there's no performance pressure there's no oh you know what if this other person doesn't appreciate what's on my mind or get what I'm thinking it's just again very liberating but and for, for sure yeah. I think it's you know society has sort of made you know couple sex as like the standard and masturbation or self self-care self-love self pleasure you know to be like the secondary like you know oh you if you don't have a part if you're if you're single yeah you know you shame into like oh you then you're gonna have to masturbate and do it yourself yeah right and it's it's such a shame because before we learn to do a dance with somebody we need to learn to take the steps ourselves and it's like in you wanting to be a great lover and being able to contribute to awesome love making you need to know what pleases you and what doesn't and i i can't tell you how many times that i've been with with lovers and when i say what do you want? What do you like? And there is like 
this this stare in their face. But, you know, and, and I ask that to be indulgent. I ask that to be loving. But I also don't want to waste my time doing something that you don't enjoy. <laughs> and I think I want to do you justice by being able to say to you, oh, I like it when you tuckle on my labia this way. I love it when you flick your tongue on my clitoris this way. I love the way you, like, put your whole mouth and suck on my breast this way. I mean, not yeah. only that is productive but it's also sexy you know and it's also really self-assuring in this dynamic i thought a little bit about you know sex and love um the other day just you know just to kind of make this a little bit different and how you know so much in society we've heard oh you know sex you know we say this to each other sex is a lot better when when there's love right Mm. and i'm thinking okay is it better because it's love or is it better because you're now more communicative you're communicating with somebody you are interacting with somebody you're having a conversation about it and you're having enough continuity to see what works and what doesn't Mm -hmm. so if that is the parameters for what makes sex better we can immediately already do that ourselves. We can have a conversation with our person. We can, you know, tell us what we like and don't like. We can change things up. So, like, what makes couple sex more superior than independent sex, right? And what makes sex with love better than just casual? Uh, there's a better word that I had with this. Interactive sex. Mm-hmm. I think there's another word that I use. Because casual just seems a little bit like there's a judgment to it. Well, this is kind of interesting, too. Um, You talked about couples and deepening your own self-awareness in terms of your pleasures, your likes, your dislikes. And you just got me thinking a little bit about couples who have been together for a really long time and how sometimes they might feel more shy saying something like, I really don't like when you do that. Like mm-hmm. they sh- maybe somebody should have said it years ago, like mm-hmm. when it first happened that they didn't like it, but they didn't want to hurt the other person's feelings. Mm-hmm. And so as the owner of the store, does that come into play at all? Like, do, or have you noticed that or had conversations with people about that, that they're in a deep love relationship and maybe that love is providing an obstacle? I don't want to call it, I don't think the word is obstacle. I, th- I mean, our mind and our perceptions is what the obstacle is. The love made us more of a aware human being. I think that's what love does. It makes you really rethink all of your things. You know, it polishes you. When people come in here and they ask me, oh, how do I rekindle sex or how do I talk about this with your partner? I always bring the conversation back to them. What does it mean for you? What are you looking for? What is missing? What is not Mm -hmm. right? If it's as simple as communication, okay, we can talk about that. But oftentimes, it's a lot more deeper than that. Um, Sometimes people are going through changes in their life. Bodies change. Emotions change. Relationship dynamics change. Children leave the house. You know, and... The way love and relationship evolves is not really a discussion that we freely talk about in society either, just like is this with sex. The epitome of love is like, oh, you know, you get married, where's the wedding? And like, that is awesome. Oh, you buy a house, you buy a car. Well, what about the time when, you know, you, you, you had all of these arguments? We don't really discuss that because love is supposed to be always wonderful. Um, so, so when someone comes in with questions like that, you know, I kind of bring it back to them. If it's something that changed for you, what is it? Can we identify it for yourself? If it's as simple as saying that I'm not comfortable with this, how about learning to say it to yourself? So this is where, again, masturbation or taking the time to yourself really is helpful. 
I want you to go home and I want you to lie down and take the time, you know, to just be at ease and then say things like, oh, you know what? You know, when you touch yourself, you can say things like, you know what, honey, when you put your mouth this way, it doesn't feel as good as when you put your mouth that way. Could you try that? There is a shift in our mood and our language and our tone when we are, you know, in a cozy mode. And I think it's worthwhile to take the time to practice saying it on your own in the context of which you will share that moment and then like share it with your partner. Yeah. Um, but also I think it's important to note that, you know, in relationships, our scripts are always changing. So our sexual stories and our sexual approach is also going to change. Mm -hmm. To think that I am going to have sex the, the way that I've been having it in my 30s and I'm, the way I'm going to do it in my 40s is, is, is silly. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's going to backfire. You know, mm -hmm. My body has changed, my circumstance, even like my living arrangements has changed. So we kind of have to kind of check in with ourselves and say, okay, what worked then might not work now. It is important to know that there is no standard in sex. Mm -hmm. We are making those standards and whatever challenges that we face is normal. Oftentimes people get paralyzed in the conversation of sex because they think that they're the only person who's going through that challenge. And because sex is such a taboo topic, nobody wants to talk about it. So we get more and more and more repressed. The best sex happens when vulnerability meets acceptance mm. and then intimacy flourishes. Mm. So if we can have that mantra in our head and be vulnerable with our partner and be the non-judgmental space for our partners. Yeah. That's when things can happen. If you are just joining us, welcome to Body Tonic Radio on jasoncharles.net. I am your host, Jennifer DeLuca, and today I am speaking with the lovely Sid Asmi about pleasure, sexual pleasure. So what led you to be the proprietor of Please? So different paths in my life kind of brought me here, but I think the most significant one is I, I worked in healthcare. I worked in um, radiation oncology. And, you know, over the years, I have treated many women going through, you know, breast cancer, men going through prostate cancer. And over and over again, people were saying things to me like, okay, well, I don't have cancer anymore, but I no longer have my breasts, so I don't know how to feel sexy. I don't look sexy. Uh, men who've gone through prostate cancer, you know, can't get an erection. And nobody was having this conversation. Doctors did not want to go there. And so I thought, wow, it's really, you know, this is really a health conversation, a wellness conversation. Uh, but how do we talk about sex in a way that it's not associated traditionally with the way it has been? And I thought the visual representation needs to first happen. I could have opened, you know, an online site. I could have like, you know, talked about it, wrote about it. But I think the most important part was the visual. And so when I open up Please, and if you look at Please now, you know, it's it's a corner store with all glass windows. There's no pink neon sign. There's no pornography. Uh, and when you first come into the store, you see books first before anything else. And Immediately, you know, the mood is like, wow, this is not at all a sex shop. This is no shame. This is not sleazy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's for me was the most important part of like wanting to have a conversation about sex that's more normal. I definitely feel that when I'm in the store. I mean, I look around, I see flowers. Um, I feel like I could sit and have a cup of tea here. 
I do really appreciate the windows and I have mentioned that I was coming to do this podcast and people have said like, oh, you mean that store that's bright and wide open? So <laughs> you, you succeeded in communicating that to the public, this sense of openness and welcoming. So I, I think great. that's really great. You and I have talked about raising young boys. Mm. We both have 10-year-old sons growing up in a very loud female empowerment moment and in the current of me too hashtag me too um, and I was going to say in the wake of hashtag me too but I think we are just getting started how do you think we can raise young boys to understand healthy power dynamics in and out of the bedroom okay so this is where like you know we had this conversation before Jennifer you and I about culture and touch so one of the things before even sex ed I look at physical intimacy as simple as touch yes and from a very young age you know I give Julian massages you know and and I and I hold his body in honor you know and I've said things to him like well if you care so about somebody this might be a good way to like hold them so even before it gets sexual, you know, touch doesn't have to be erotic. It can just be tender and kind. And I think this is the message that we've sort of forgotten to talk about when we talk about sex, is that it is an act of tender touch and act of kindness. And if we start there, it can evolve in a much more healthy conversation, wholesome conversation with our children. It's not just about penis and vagina and things happen. But for me and for my child, you know, it is as a feminist woman who grew up in a in an environment where women's rights were what rights? Right. <laughs> yeah. We, what rights? Right. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, I'm very sensitive to this. But at the same time, my son is a is a cis male, you know, for now. This is what he presents as this is what he identifies with, you know, and and there is a part of his masculinity that needs to also exist in the femininity that we are all trying to encourage. Right. right? So, you know, as a, as a woman with a male partner, I love the fact that my partner is children. I love the fact that my partner, you know, comes to me and, and still initiates and kind of push on to me his masculine energy, provided that we've already established communication, trust, consent, and understanding of our bodies. So bringing this back to my child, this is what I want to teach my son. You know, equality happens when we are both aware of our strengths and our challenges, and we hold them both in equal reverence. And I think this is maybe the message that we need to push a little bit. If patriarchy has failed us because they've alienated women in general, then as feminists, we need to include men in the conversation of pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, and this is how I want to engage my son. I talk about anatomy. I talk about consent. I talk about the differences in our body. I've walked around naked in the house, you know, so he can see the difference. There's no shame. We're just different, you know, and we can talk about sex and love and touch that doesn't have to be all interrelated. Mm. I appreciate that for men, there are probably a lot of questions about what is appropriate for sure. and shyness now now shyness may be affecting how men might make a first move for sure because it might be misread so continuing with this question I want to think a little bit about or engage you a little bit about the adults dealing with me too what are we losing in the midst of me too are we losing anything in the midst of me too and 
how can we preserve the fun uh, yeah. and the shifts of power dynamics in the bedroom because it is kind of fun to to role play absolutely and, and flirt have the freedom yeah yeah and okay so i think this goes back again to masturbation self-care knowing what you like and don't like and be clear with it i have a sign back there that says enthusiastic consent know your no's and own your yeses right so women we i mean I don't want to say women. I think this is a, a human conundrum or, or, or behavior that we want our cake and, and, and eat it too. Yeah. Right? So it's like we want to be pursued, but just to a point. You know, we want to be seduced, uh, you know, but to a point. We need to know what that point is, and we need to be able to, to say that out loud. And I think that that's when being responsible and holding accountable to yourself for your own, your own pleasure is really, really important and key in having this conversation and being comfortable in having this conversation. I am fine with a man hitting on me in public. I love that like playfulness. And I'm also fine saying, you know what? That was really cool. It got a little bit too heavy for me. Do you mind <laughs> if we just like step back? Like take it back know, a notch. I'm yeah. a virgin at this. Yeah. We can still keep it playful and, and honest. And at the end of the day, it's just two people trying to be fun. I think this is also the the assumed goodness mentality that needs to exist more you know in this kind of awakening realization it is healthy there's also a danger of like over playing that victim card yeah okay and I can't speak for everybody but I will speak for myself I am a victim of rape of physical abuse you know and for me it has helped to educate the people who don't know. Am I angry that this happened to me? Yes, I'm very sad about it. But I choose to not use that to be the defining moment of my life. Something was taken away at that moment, but I am no different. I'm, I'm changed, that is true, but I am no less from what I was before. All right. And how I choose to move forward is to educate people. And sometimes, you know, I've heard it and a lot of young people, especially would say, oh, you know, we shouldn't be responsible for someone's learning. Well, if you don't educate, then people just don't know. You can get angry at them when they know and they still choose to behave in a certain way. But for me, as an educated person, I want to continue that education. So I think this is where it comes down to we also have to take the responsibility to spread that awareness. Mm -hmm. um, and only after that, when it fails, you know, get, ups get angry about it. You are having a tremendous impact on people's lives. When I first wanted to interview you, I didn't really know your biography, and you've talked about these moments in your life that have informed this decision to open a pleasure shop, and it really is embedded in the spirit of health and well-being, and so, I mean, to be a person of service in that way is just a wonderful thing. I probably know the answer to this already, but I'm going to ask this question. We are in the Valentine's Day season right now. And what do you want to say to all of those single people out there? I have been single for a really, really long time. But I, I think I know what you're going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was our conversation when you called me to do this yeah. interview. And I said, no, you're not. You're already in a relationship with yourself. Um, I think magic happens when we're really comfortable with our own person. And, you know, this single, this coupledom, you know, I, I look at it as we go through these relationship phases in our life you could be coupled up and one day your partner dies and you're single and you're no less worthy of a human being than when you were partner up take this opportunity to 
enjoy that freedom oh you know to be able to go to dinner and not worry about like if your partner is going to judge you or what he wants to eat or what she wants to eat to fuck in ways that you want to fuck to take on lovers that you want to take on lovers to call those booty calls i mean it's all it's all okay with with consent and and kindness and thoughtfulness all of this Mm-hmm. is acceptable mm-hmm. and should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just live in a culture where we just love to kvetch about everything. <laughs> so like, I, I bet even those single people, if you were to partner up in a few months or so, there's something to like argue about. Let's not be that way. Let's just enjoy the moment that we are in because all of it is, is good. So this is what I would tell you. But more important of all, like if you were coupled up, you know, Take the time to really like ask yourself, what is it that I would like for myself mm-hmm. and pass that on to your partner. And I mm-hmm. think that would be a very different uh, response than like telling your partner, oh, surprise me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, because we're always in the state of like, you know, f- asking our partner to figure things out for us and they should know everything about us. If we shared and we actually were doing things that we like together. I mean, I think that is nice. And that includes fucking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what is your top seller these days in the store? I never look at it and I don't really (laughs) care because how I get off is different from how you get off, right? Uh, So I'm not being smart, but I really mean in that question, there's no standard in sex and there's no good toy and there's no bad toy. You could buy a $200 toy and I cannot promise you that you are going to be the most sexually liberated, educated person out there. Mm -hmm. You could buy a $10 toy and if that's what it's going to take for you to just take that moment to just ask yourself the right questions and be comfortable with your body, best $10 I've ever made from you (laughs) thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today i really appreciate it and to all the listeners out there you can visit please nyc right Mm -hmm. dot com to see more about the shop and also to learn more about sid you have been listening to body tonic radio on jasoncharles.net this is body tonic radio with Jennifer DeLuca on jasoncharles.net. jasoncharles.net. Deep, deep talk, talk, deep, deep sounds. sounds.